You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast, the official podcast of Thunderquack.com, which you can get early every Tuesday over at patreon.com slash thunderquack, just like our Patreon producers, Brian Murowski and JJ Samuel do. Uh, or you can wait and get it late every Friday on podcast services across the galaxy. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. See how I got the Patreon producers out of the way I, I right I was going to say, right I love it. Because it's so, it's so great. Yeah. Um, we're flying without a net tonight. We, we, so this that's, is, that's a mixed metaphor if I ever heard one. <laughs> What flying without a net? No, Isn't that's 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 flying without a net is the yeah that's the the like the 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 trapeze thing. That's the saying. That's the saying. You can look it up. You're gonna look it I up. I am. I'm looking yeah, it up look right it up. now. Weird. Uh, yeah, that's the phrase. Is I'm right, right? You. Why does it yeah. sound different? It sounds wrong to me. Well, I. Uh, I can say what something I mean, but I is? won't. I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. I don't even want to know. I, what, is, what do I think it is? But that's the problem that I have is that you said it and it sounds weird to me. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know why. <laughs> like, that's the phrase. An, that's the phrase. I don't, I don't know what to tell you, Amanda. That's the phrase. I. Uh, yeah, we're we got no rundown. I. <laughs> uh, we have no itinerary. No, like this is. Um, uh, as, as we often do, I'm going to pull back the curtain a little bit. Uh, Spreaker is not being very nice. Um, and they changed their agreement with us. And because I don't have anything in writing, I don't really have any recourse. So we're going to eventually move everything back to Libsyn, which means that we're going to be going back to not having ads. Uh, that means that we don't have to have ad breaks. Uh, it means that there doesn't have to be any structure to the show. I Yay. also have found that the structure has, in my opinion, diminished the quality of the podcast. Um, the, because it makes, us, it makes us do something that we've never had to do, which is come up with topics in advance. Yeah, <laughs> and... and I don't know. Like, I, like, I, look, I, you guys have been awesome uh, over the last few months, and I think that everybody else, like all the listeners, have been very happy with the content that we've been putting out since the beginning of the year, um, and and that's awesome. It's it's great, uh, uh, and your support is so important to us, um, and 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 the like. The Patreon numbers have been going up, and and the engagement has been really good. So that's that's all positive, and that makes me happy. Um, but, but I haven't been happy personally with, with the content. I, I, I feel like it's just been a little bit stilted, a little bit formulaic and robotic. And that's not really what we, uh, uh, are used to doing. Now, when we were doing Quiver, obviously we had a little bit more of a formula, um, because it was a, a, a you know, after show watch along type of format. But, uh, 
but with this, I don't know. It's this. This is meant to be. The whole podcast is that part where we go off on a tangent and talk about whatever we feel like. So, um, I I'll say like the the episode that I noticed it and that where I where I was thinking like maybe we need a bit of a change was when we were talking about politics, which usually politics come up as a result of a conversation or just sort of because um, we can't help ourselves because it's in the because yeah. it's in the 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 sort of like the, the topic of, of, of the day going on in the real world. I, when, when I put it into the rundown and made it the topic, it felt a little bit, I don't know, targeted. It just, it, it was, <laughs> let's talk about politics. <laughs> yeah. It was weird. It didn't, it didn't feel right. And the other part of that, the reason why I put it in the rundown that week is because it had been, I think at that point months since we had really talked politics because when I put topics in, I'm going like, well, let's talk about this thing. Let's talk about this thing. And I was keeping it pretty geeky, not on purpose, but just because that's where that's that's what the podcast is. Right. So um, it just I don't know. I just felt like we were kind of kind of hamstringing ourselves. Um, do you need to look that phrase up, Amanda? That's that is a phrase. I still the part is that you know how like when you can't remember something and your brain just starts turning on itself. Yeah. I can't. I know that I'm thinking of something and I can't, I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know what it is that triggered my brain to start looking for an answer that, cause then I can't find, usually Google can help you find answers if you know what you're looking for, but you can't just be like, what am I thinking? Google. <laughs> like, the, the, Google is helpful when you know 80% of the answer <laughs> yeah. and you're really just looking for a confirmation on something. Yeah. So it's like, if you don't know how to spell a word at all, Google isn't going to help you. If you kind of know how to spell the word, Google can help you figure out how to spell the rest of that word. And that's a really great, uh, that's a really great analogy for like, uh, when we go to Google looking for, let's say political information or scientific information, um, depending on what you ask it, you're going to get a different result. (gasps) Have you watched the social dilemma? No, I haven't yet. Oh, I just so heard good. about it today. Is it good? So good. Yeah, Where is I it? Actually, what, what's it on? It's Netflix, man. It's Netflix? Okay. And it's so good. And it, it the thing that I kind of like about it is I'm pretty sure that the actor, I haven't looked up who he is, but I'm pretty sure he was Jonathan from Angel. He's like the son, like Angel's son. Um, spoilers for season four of Angel, I guess. Um, but uh, I, I think that that's the actor. So there's actually like a a story within the documentary, which they, I don't, I don't watch a lot of documentaries, but I don't think is completely normal. Um, but it tells like a really, like, it's sort of like this mini, like short film within the narrative. And it's got a really cool, like that, that actor plays like the social algorithms, which is just like cool, but it's, 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 very. Anyways, Vincent, it. It you Vincent right Carthizer, w- yes. which actually I think that the majority of people would probably know from Mad Men. I, I, oh, yeah. Because he so. was um, he was Pete Campbell on Mad mm-hmm. Men. Not that I watched Mad Men. That makes me sound like I watched it. <laughs> I, I I do absolutely know him as Angel's son, and I hated mm-hmm. him on Angel. Um, yeah. But he's Terrible. a very good actor. Yeah. Uh, but I I hated him on Angel because we were not supposed to like him. You weren't uh, supposed to like him. Yeah, it's uh, true. So he did a good job. So yeah, which is, um, which is good. Anyways, highly recommend. And everything that you're talking about is totally like that's that's what it's about, right? It's the idea, and you can tell. So they obviously 
filmed it, I think, b- before coronavirus, like yeah. the majority of it. Like it's sort of how you have to deal with docs. Like it takes. I feel like documentaries take a long time. People underestimate yeah. how long it takes to do documentaries. Um, I could be wrong, but they totally added a bunch of coronavirus stuff in there, right? Where they, they then nice. started talking about fake news and about how, because it's so topical. Like that's the important part, right? Where it's like how you get information and yeah. how social platforms do that. The the main guy that's featured in the documentary is somebody that I hadn't actually heard of before either, but seems like like super like somebody that I'm very interested in knowing more and might follow him on social media yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's such a weird and and yeah. and i'm i'm gathering from just from the title of it, the social dilemma that it is this it is this double-edged sword and and the the like the problem with that is that it's like we want to talk about the fact that social media is problematic and dangerous the best way to do that for a lot of us is to get on social media especially right now um to to reach the most people and hit the and it's about it's about how you engage that like a lot of the stuff the thing that i quite liked about it is i mean it's totally it's a liberal doc like it's like it's like oh these are all my people it's like yes i agree but um a lot of a lot of it is about how you curate information for yourself. And if you're conscious of it, like it's a preaching to the choir kind of yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. documentary where it's like the people that are part, but nobody on there was like, stop using social accounts. I mean, one person, there's one person who is credited as one of the fathers of VR who basically is like, yes, delete all your accounts. But then they're like, what are some actual practical things? Well, don't click on recommended videos. Like look for what you're looking for and click on the things that you're actually looking for. If you let yourself go down rabbit holes, that's how you get those peripheral things. There can be fake news in there. Like it's like it's like that yeah. because algorithms only work the like and the best part about it is thinking about how algorithms work, right? Like they create we create these things and then they grow on on themselves. That's how they function, but they only grow within the within the confines of what you set for them. Anyways, it had a lot of real like movers and shakers in like that were in interviewed and stuff and it was really yeah. great but the, again the takeaway is like it's these people that have created they know exactly what they created they created code and they still use the things right like and it's like how they like i don't know i think one of the guys that was like used to be like the head of pinterest or really high up in pinterest would say that he would come home and he would still be on his phone like looking at pinterest and it's just like because of the like addictive like quality of of stuff like that anyways Highly recommend the social dilemma, but exactly what you were talking about, like like sort of vacuums or like he, you hear what you want to hear. Well, it's of. so it's really here's something that's really interesting, and I think I've talked about this a little bit, but I'll talk about it a little bit more. And maybe I've talked about it on faster, more intense, but not on here. Um, I've been drawing a lot of Star Wars stuff lately, specifically Raylo, Raylo, so <laughs> Ben Solo and 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 Ray Skywalker, right? Um, and I. I started doing it because I just I was interacting with people and talking about stuff and wasn't seeing what I wanted. So in the same way that people create fanfic and fan art and stuff like that, I was like, I'm I'm just going to I'm just going to draw this the way that I would want to see it, the way that 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 I would um, I, I dress these characters and the scenes that I would put them in. Right. And started doing that and then started getting great feedback on it and so did more and then got more great feedback and then did more (laughs) and more and more and more. And it's this funny thing of like, so now if you go to my Instagram, there was like a two week, maybe three week run in there where it was like 
almost every other day I was posting something, which for me, other than during Inktober in October is, is, um, it's odd for me. Cause usually like I'll go through like, like phases with my drawing where it's like, I'll, I'll, I'll draw a fair amount, but not as much as, as I did in this instance, but like a fair amount. And then I'll stop and I won't post anything for months and months and months. Um, and it was like, this was like one of the longer streaks that I think I've gone on. And it was because there was this like feedback loop almost of right. like, yeah. I, I, I post something and then I get good feedback and that makes me want to draw more. Right. Um, and all of a sudden it's like, my account looks like it's a Raylo fan art account <laughs> specifically. And it's like, well, I do draw other stuff. So I drew, let me bring it up. Let me, let me open up my Instagram and actually look at my timeline. So I drew, I, I, I drew a dinosaur and it didn't get near, it got 10 likes, <laughs> 10 hearts, <laughs> not nearly as many as these other things. And then I drew Sonic and Sonic got nine. <laughs> oh. Um, and like it's not like I get like in the hundreds or anything like that, anyways. But I do have. Let me see if I can find the 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 one of of Poe has sixty six on it, right? So like that's a big that's a big number. Oh, shit. okay. We had a technical hiccup there. I don't know how easy that's going to be to cut around, so I'm just going to address it. Um, <laughs> I was talking about my Instagram, and I was talking about. Uh, uh, the these numbers and uh, and how this one of Finn and Poe has 66 likes on it compared to the 9 or 10 on the other ones um, and it's like the, like this this Star Wars stuff gets all the attention um, so I'm just going to keep drawing Star Wars stuff but it's like that's not really I like drawing Star Wars stuff but you do it's it for the clicks, yo. It's not that's not everything for me, right? Um and it also like the whole Raylo thing is like like Rise of Skywalker, obviously you guys all know. There's a lot of negativity around that for me, so it's it's not it's not super healthy for me to exist in that space alone. Uh like 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 solely in that space. Um I need to get out of it and and enjoy some other stuff. Um now, see, I was no. Oh. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I just I was having a a hard day yesterday, and I didn't know what to watch, and it, nothing was really interesting for me, and so I ended the day realizing that there's a whole bunch of YouTube content that is Raylo based YouTube content, yeah. And just like shipper videos, man. There's certain times where I just like fall into shipper videos, and then I forget about them for massive amounts of time. And then when I find them again, I'm like, you know what? This is what I'm here for. This is my sole YouTube sort of like yeah. purpose is like shipper videos. And there's some really, there's some like good ones on, on Raylo, but there's so much. There's some that has like a couple hundred views, some that has like way more. Topher Grace's videos are really awesome too. Just like the general Star Wars, like there's that edit that like Star Wars always or whatever edit, which of course yeah. I found again. And, but I, I don't know. I, it, it was a like happy place thing for me too, but I was like there, I just, cause I'm not, I'm not getting the content that I need in real IRL. And then I'm, I also have been thinking about desert Island movies. Um, and like, if you had to choose a desert Island movie, and yeah. one of my things is I've I've been binging a lot of 
like, I don't know if you can call it binging, watching a lot of Jane Austen movies and stuff because Mansfield Park was posted on Netflix recently. So, and I hadn't seen or read that before. So it was like so great to like get to watch that. Um, anyways, and then I went into a deep rabbit hole of getting a whole bunch of stuff. I finally downloaded the like epic six hour Pride and Prejudice that I hadn't had for a really long time because I finally found it on Apple TV when I realized that I could just download Apple TV as an app on my Roku television and it was great. Um, Anyways, in my Desert Island picks, I my book would be Pride and Prejudice because I do think I could just read that book over and over again. So then I'm like, well, my movie wouldn't then be a Jane Austen movie because Pride and Prejudice or like Ever After is one of my favorite movies as well. So that would be that would. So I'm like, well, then obviously it's a Star Wars film. And it's like, yeah. well, which Star Wars film could I watch over and over again? And I really at the end of the day, I'm like The Last Jedi, man. Is that yours? That that would be I yours? Think, I think that is because I because I just usually I like endings, right? Where I'm kind of like, would it be Return of the Jedi? Because that like as a yeah. child was the one I watched the most. But I really am. I really do think because I would if. If Rise of Skywalker didn't suck so bad, I would <laughs> I would choose that one because I like the conclusions of stories and there's yeah, some you like moments the in that, ending. right? Yeah, but there's but no I, happy ending. There in is no tr- exactly. Trucks. So I'm kind of like, then it's then it's the last Jedi, and I'm kind of like, is that yeah. what I choose? Is that what no, I choose as th- my Desert Island movie? Think think about like, that for one second. But think about it for one second. Think about the end of Return of the Jedi. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we blew up the Death Star. Yeah, Vader dies. Like he, Anakin comes back and then dies immediately. But he does get like the closure. Yeah. Like Luke is the closure. Mm-hmm. His father saying like, "Tell your sister you were right," and that, and then he, and then he dies. Right. Um, Han and Leia are together. Yeah. Right. Uh, the the Ewoks have defeated the Empire. Lando made it out of the Death Star. Like they blew yeah. up the Death Star and they 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 escaped on like in, just in the nick of time. Him and Wedge, um, and then we have like a party. It's like a celebration. Yeah. And then in the special edition, we add in like, hey, also like <laughs> even on even, even on Tatooine and Mos Espa, they're like, this is awesome. In yeah. in uh, in uh, on 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 Bespin, they're like, yeah, this is rad. Even on Coruscant, they're tearing down the statue of Palpatine, right? Yeah. Like, like everybody is like, this is this is super rad. The Emperor is dead. The Empire is over. We can go back to being decent human beings again. Um, it's a super hopeful, super happy ending. At the end of Rise of Skywalker, there's no central government in the galaxy. There's not really a <laughs> resistance left. Um, because if you're paying attention, a, a bunch of the resistance fighters, as well as one of their cruisers get taken out in the battle of Exegol before everybody else shows up. Right. Yeah. So that's a significant amount. Like the resistance is not very big by the time that we make it to rise of Skywalker. Anyways, it was never big to begin with, but it's like that most of them got wiped out on crate and then they gathered forces and then most of them then got wiped out like they in the battle fit of Exegol. on the freaking millennium on the falcon, falcon at the end right? of that like yeah. that wasn't everybody that's not everybody like there I were know, more yeah, there but, were more yeah. resistance soldiers out there in the galaxy but um but it was a lot of them and so like even like with the rebellion it's like you had like mon mothma and and these other characters that were remnants of the old republic that that very quickly established the new republic right they had 
a, a political plan in place for like when we do overthrow the empire we we know what the structure is <laughs> at the end of this it's like they have no leadership they have a bunch of kids running things and i mean like i know like poe is in his his 30s and finn and, and ray are in their in their mid to late 20s but like they really are like lacking that that senior leadership um element with everybody yeah, having they all died. died the whole of it's not yeah. like in revenge of the sith where it's like okay and granted palpatine probably did assassinate some of his political rivals once he was the emperor i, I will not deny that like that <laughs> definitely happened that's the type of guy that he was and that's why everybody is so careful in rogue one where they're all like we can't we, like that's right, open yeah, rebellion yeah. if we do that we're all dead right yeah like that's kind of the whole point of that but but the other point of that is that like all of those people around that table in Rogue One are connected or former members or present members like Bail Organa of the Senate. Right. right? Yeah, they were like in tide of into the Imperial the Senate and like, could figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. So like you're talking about like like very experienced seasoned political professionals. Not that that's always a good thing, but but in any case, people who understand how to how to run a government. Um, none of like. Like in in I mean, the they Force just Awakens, the swamp. They drained the swamp. They the did. They did drain the swamp. <laughs> well, in the Force Awakens, well, they didn't okay. drain the swamp. They obliterated the swamp. <laughs> they atomized the swamp. Um, they because Hosnian Prime is obliterated, right? And so yeah. most of the uh, most of the political structure, the government, the administration is gone. Completely gone, yeah. not transformed into an empire, wiped out, right? Um, so from a from a like a from a macro perspective, the galaxy is in chaos. That stuff that they talk about in the Mandalorian, where they're like six years after the fall of oh, the yeah. empire, Jeez. and yeah. it's like, man, it's it like like I, I it's the the client, right? Uh, Werner mm-hmm. Herzog's character, who's like, it's not safer out there. Like it's yeah. not better. Like, it's just as dangerous, if not more dangerous, because now the Empire is not controlling things, yeah. right? So it's just it's just chaos. The New Republic doesn't have a handle on things. Well, after the rise of Skywalker, no one has a handle on things. <laughs> we have intergalactic travel with hyperspace lanes that need to be regulated. There's commerce and trade happening from planet to planet, which means that you've got like contagions and stuff like that, that could spread in a heartbeat. Nobody's doing anything about any of this. The galaxy is not going to fare well. Maybe like, that's why everybody died. And then the world had to start over again on earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. No, we're not going to do that. I, and then when we get onto the micro level, when we talk about our three main characters, uh, yeah, Poe is the general of the resistance, right? He's the general of this very small, very confused, very <laughs> slapped together uh, uh, military outfit. Um, he does finally have what he's always wanted, <laughs> like what he's what he's dreamed of and what we sort of got the hints of in The Last Jedi, but kind of at what cost, right? Um, Finn, it, it, it doesn't happen on screen. But there's no way that Finn doesn't have an existential crisis within oh. the first month of the, the, the end of the war where he realizes 
Every single one of those stormtroopers I murdered was possibly a friend, maybe even a family member. I don't know. They were all innocent children that were stolen from their parents. And every time we blew up a ship, every time we shot a stormtrooper, any time we did anything in the name of good, we were murdering our own people. Right? And like, and he is one of them. And that final battle, they did not do what they should have done. <laughs> Which is free everyone like free the first order like like the everybody who is indoctrinated who is what uh, conditioned is the word that they use in the movies um that's how they should have solved it but the emperor put a ticking clock on things so they had to do what they had to do so obviously like like that's something that i think that he can work through but there's going to be a lot of ptsd involved in that um and a lot of and especially if you go with the fact that he's force sensitive um, he's going to be feeling those repercussions on an even deeper level because he is starting to like, he's taken his first step into that world. So he's opened himself up to the force, which means now he can feel things. The door swings both ways. Right. So, um, yeah, like, like it's going to be a rough path for him. It's not happy. It's not a happy so ending for him. And basically, the end of Rise of Skywalker sucks. Yeah, and then for Rey, it's the most, it's the easiest one to say that she finally found not just some like like a family because she finds her family in in Finn and Poe and and the Resistance and all of that stuff. But Leia and Luke are dead. Not that she was connected to Luke. He was kind of a weird, uh, I, I, negligent uncle figure in her life but, i love it yes totally. but han is dead who was like her father figure leia is dead who was her her uh, uh maternal figure right she finally remembers the 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 reality of the situation with her parents only to then have to relive that trauma and so she's she but in that final moment it's like well you know ben brings her back to life and then she instantly loses him this person who she's not just like, she doesn't just feel a kinship with, but like is literally the other half of her. If yeah. the dyad has any meaning, which it doesn't, it's stupid. It doesn't. But it's so upsetting. If it if it does have any mythological meaning, then they are yin and yang. They're like they complete each other. They're the they're they're the two halves of a whole, right? And he disappears into the ether, and she's left alone. And when she goes to Tatooine, she's there alone. Yeah. And when Luke and Leia appear to her, they don't appear next to her and talk to her like yeah. Obi-Wan and Yoda do for Luke. They're way off in the distance, kind of. They're only really like half there, right? And they just kind of smile and then and then she has a yellow lightsaber. And it's like, how is... Like, like, that's the thing about Rise of Skywalker. There's no happy ending there. There's no closure. Even with our side characters, we have that weird moment where Janna sits down next to Lando and is like, where are you from? And he's like, where are you from? And it's like, why are these two characters interacting all of a sudden? Because mm -hmm. they're two of the only black people in the galaxy, as far as we know. Like, <laughs> like, like, what was the point of that other than some weird sort of... Uh, uh, institutionalized systemic racism making them put these two characters in a scene together like it's 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 so confused and so weird and so odd but like even that is like there's a little bit of hopefulness there but it comes so out of left field that you're just kind of smashed over the head with it um 
Yeah. So Rise of Skywalker is definitely not the Desert Island movie because no. it'll just, just be a, it'll be a really sucky yeah. Desert Island trip. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Being stuck there. I don't know because of all of that. I don't know if the Last Jedi can be that for me either because it there is no yeah. closure in the Last Jedi. It is literally a question mark at the end of like. But it just has the coolest. Like I could watch that scene. Where they're like fighting for the lightsaber and then the yeah. ship goes out. Like, yeah, I, that yeah. is just. It's, it's super good. Oh, I watched it. There's a video, like, a, like one of the shipper videos I watched was something called like On the Battlefield or To War with You. Both of mm. them were like pretty good. And there is like a sweet, like, they, they sort of have like sh- sort of like sweeter moments through it. And then there's like a chorus that picks up and is like really sort of harsh. And yeah. it's just these sweet, like, lightsaber moments where they have like they're in threes, right? Where it's like, like, they're like. And then, and it's just like, oh, it's just like, like the, 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 like, Ray and Kylo lightsaber battles are so sweet when you put them on. But I'm realizing that they, there isn't really like good stuff. Anyways, whatever. I, I don't know what my Desert Island movie is at the end of the day. That is sort of, like, I, I, like, I think I do like, I haven't, I, I keep also being like, I'm saving The Last Jedi. It's in my back pocket right now for yeah. when the, world gets just too much like it's just i'm on the i'm on the brink like yeah. <laughs> yesterday was real bad like yesterday was a real bad day but i watched um what what did i watch i watched clueless so that i got like a little bit of jane Austen, nice. and then yeah. i watched um persuasion because i hadn't seen that one yet and so it was like you really like persuasion really only the movie only works if you know what's happening in the book in my opinion because otherwise it's real hard to follow but i had like sort of wanted to watch that for a while so that had been one of my back pocket like things that i knew i was gonna get to a point where i needed to watch it when i couldn't just think i could think of nothing else to watch but last jedi is like back there so i'm like waiting for the day where i'm like is this as good as i is this the movie that i needed right now to turn my Mm. brain off and so until i get to that point because i really i like i've been so close to turning it on so many times I also realized that I don't think I've seen The Rise of Skywalker since when it came, when it was like that like phantom drop where it was like, surprise, here you go. Yeah. And that was the best day, man. That was the best day. I remember I was also having like a pretty like, it was like right at the beginning of quarantine, wasn't it? It was pretty close. Yeah. It was like, it was in March. Yeah. So it was like, it was one of those, it was like one of those weeks where it was like, we really weren't doing anything. And then I was just like, Hey. Sweet, Rise of Skywalker. So the last time would be when we did our watch along. That yes. So then I forgot that we did a watch along. Yeah. Oh man, there's been so many. Um, How many times in a year can you watch Star Wars? Like the same Star Wars movie. Me? Yeah. Like like literally, how many times could I watch the same Star Wars movie? Um, man, I don't know. I mean, at least a dozen. Yeah, I was like the same individual Star Wars movie. Yeah, the same individual one. Like I feel like once a month. It's like, 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 like yeah. when Solo came out on digital, I think I probably watched it like three times within the first couple weeks. Oh. And well, then yeah, like maybe a month it, yeah. later and then maybe like a couple months later. Right. Um, so, yeah. I'm, but but I mean, like when I was a kid and there were only three movies to choose from. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Was over I could over watch the whole trilogy twice in a weekend. But yeah. Um, and I would, and, and for a long time, the empire strikes back just sat, I had a TV VCR combo in my room, right? It's just this little tiny TV, um, probably about the same size screen as my laptop, but square. Uh, and, uh, and the, the empire strikes back VHS just sat in that. 
Um, the only reason it came out is I would take it out on, on Fridays to put in my blank cassette so that I could, um, like my rec- recordable cassette so that I could record, uh, all the different shows that are on Saturday morning in case I had to go do something. Um, oh. so that, so that, cause they like that kids, it, you used to have to watch TV shows at a specific time of at day. At the time. And if you had something to do, like say a D and D game or Shadowrun or something like that, you had to get up and walk across Penticton, which is going to take you about forty-five minutes. I, I then I, you know, you, you're going to miss like the last couple shows of the day, like the ten thirty to eleven thirty shows. So you got to make sure that you're recording because that's when Power Rangers Lost Galaxy is on. And oh, man. Uh, I just I have visceral important. memories. I have visceral memories of taping. The Power Rangers. I think I've talked about this too on on things before, like yeah, the Green the Ranger pa- saga, the Green right? Ranger saga. Yeah. yeah, like when they turned into the White Ranger. Yeah. But it's the, one of the only ones that I have. And then, and then my grandma having taped Friends for me so that I rewatched the hundredth episode of Friends like all the time because it was yeah. the only one that I had recorded. It's just oh man, there's just kids won't ever understand. No, so but they live in a different world, and what their kids are gonna live in a different world, and yeah, our parents how... didn't even have VCRs, so yeah. For so them, you, they, so they were like had to literally were at the the whims of cable. Yeah, uh, cable. No, cable didn't even exist. They were using antennas. Oh, it was yeah. whatever okay. they could catch on the airwaves. Yeah, and then and if they wanted to see a movie, they had to see it in a movie theater. And once it was out of the movie theater, you didn't see it again. <laughs> you just didn't see it again. Like if it wasn't in a theater, there was just no way to experience it. Even Weird. when Star Wars came out, when Star Wars came really out in seventy seven. Like that's why it it ran for so long. Like it, they kept re-releasing it right. for like three years. Wow. Star Wars was always in the theaters because they kept re-releasing it. So there are actually a bunch of different theatrical. So this is one of my things. Whenever people are like, "Oh, the special edition is dumb. George Lucas is dumb for doing." Nobody would say that now because now that we have the Disney era, everybody thinks that George Lucas never did anything wrong in his entire career. But at the at the time when we didn't even have the special editions yet, or, or sorry, the the prequels, it was just oh, we've got the special editions. And it's like, well, the originals are the original versions are better. This stupid Jabba scene, these stupid, stupid CG lizards and stuff. And it's like, well, other than A New Hope, a few scenes on Tatooine. Other than that, the special editions are way better than the original theatrical versions. But people would be like, oh, I I much prefer the original theatrical cut. And you'd be like, really? Which one? Yeah. Because there are like five or six. Theatrical cuts, original theatrical cuts, because there's the one that first came out in May of 1977. It ran for, I think, three or four months. And then they did a re-release of it, which had some edits. And that ran for like a year. And then they did another re-release of it with some more edits in the lead up to empire like as a promotion right. of like the empire strikes back is coming out in a in a year or something like that like see star wars and then empire came out and there was there's yet another set of edits where it's because they did them as a double bill right like oh, where you could see both movies cool. and so like and then and then the original vhs versions which are edited for the screen right like there, i don't know that there's necessarily different scenes or content and and the, when I say edits, it's like there's like three seconds longer in this scene or 
you know, like this alternate, yeah, like, like, like little dreams, yeah, yeah, little tiny things, but um, but they are technically different versions. And then and then the with the VHS ones, the first ones, it's uh, which were I think the tenth anniversary in '87. Um, it's the first time that they're done in three four, right? In in the 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 old TV screen aspect ratio. So that's all messed up because there's pan and scan on that, and that's disgusting. <laughs> like. And then the THX versions came out in 95, which for our generation, if you're talking about the well, unaltered versions, like the, the THX versions, you're probably talking about the THX versions. Yeah, those are the ones I remember for sure. Are significantly altered. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So, like, like uh, a new hope in particular is like significantly altered um, compared to the actual theatrical release. Not to mention the fact that they were remastered for THX. So, if you want the originals, which they actually released like uh, a pretty close to original version on a DVD, they did a special edition re- uh, re-release at one point that had a bonus disc in it of the they called it the theatrical cuts of the original three movies. Um, and I think I have a new hope and it's the only one of them that I have cause I didn't particularly care about the theatrical versions. Um, and I already owned the movie, so it didn't matter. Um, and I was poor at the time. I put the theatrical version of a new hope in and it looked like garbage because it hadn't been THX remastered. Like we're talking like this was from like from the film like 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 a transfer from the film like this is like it was i don't know where they dug it up but it was like an ancient transfer um that they just put onto dvd so it wasn't even the thx remastered it looked awful even at standard def because this is pre-high def um and the colors were off like everything about it was not an optimal viewing experience so people don't know what they're talking about when they say stuff like that and it always drives me nuts because it's it's always like the push your glasses up i'm a i'm a hardcore nerd i prefer the original theatrical versions of star wars and it's like you don't you don't know what you're saying like you are you you are revealing yourself as not actually a hardcore star wars nerd by saying that and and too much gate. I feel I feel like I had some sort of like again when I was watching these Raylo videos. I went to oh someone deep faked Raylo and Kylo's, uh, Ray and Kylo Ren's faces onto Darcy and Elizabeth in the scene <laughs> where she goes to Pemberley. Like the, so, there's like a deep fake version. And then I think that if I had gone down that rabbit hole, I could have found like a lot more. And it was real Probably. freaky. Because here's the thing, Daisy Ridley can be Cara Knightley. Like. Kira Knightley, like yeah. she really like it was like sure. deep fake messes with your yeah. brain, man. Uh, Carrie Carrie Fisher in 1977, Kira Knightley, uh, Natalie Portman, uh, yeah. uh, Daisy Ridley. Um, uh, what's what's the one from my uh, Rogue One? Oh, oh, uh, oh. Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Felicity. Felicity. Jones. Jones. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're all the same person. Yeah. Like, like there's yeah. a there was a meme that went around for a little while of like wow Star Wars definitely has a type uh, <laughs> because they're all like like uh, petite thin brunettes with British accents. Yeah. But uh, it really Carrie it really, Fisher being some of the time. Some of the time. Uh, <laughs> but it it like I don't know do you, like it but it also makes me just like it again the internet gives you exactly what you want like it's just so mm. free to bring us back to the social dilemma yeah. and all that stuff for like you get what you you get what you. 
put into the internet, it was a thing where I'm like, I'm I'm pretty sure that YouTube is not recommending deep fakes of Kylo and, and Ray. I'm, I'm not seeing them. No, I'm definitely I'm not seeing them. YouTube knows so, that that's what you want to view. Uh, know, yeah, man. YouTube. YouTube often tries to to send me the the Star Wars hot take videos of like, you know, some guy in his mom's basement. I'm gonna be mean for a second. Uh, saying that Disney is ruining Star Wars, and here's all the reasons why George Lucas hates the new Star Wars movies and bought like those types of videos, where it's like just some guy. There's a guy named Mike Zero that does a lot of these things where he does he like he makes up news stories, and then pretends like he's got the scoop, stuff like that. That it drives me nuts, and like everybody hates them, but uh, but the YouTube algorithm serves them up. Um, because they get a lot of views and they get a lot of views because the algorithm serves them. So it's one of those uh, Ouroboros snake eating its tail situations where it's just like at a certain point, just, YouTube, you got to stop. <laughs> they, they're, they're I don't all... use I'm not on YouTube as much like I feel like I could get into a real big hole, but I go on yeah. to it for like five things and four of those things are different <laughs> kinds of shipper videos. <laughs> Um, I actually saw a video. I, I retweeted it today of Sasha Baron Cohen. I, I I think he was like addressing the Anti Defamation League or something. Like it was something serious. So like Borat. This is who we're talking about. Is Borat. Um, but uh, in a it, like not he's not in character. He is just the actor Sasha Baron Cohen addressing this group and like very seriously talking about. Facebook and and social media and the and and sort of like the need for regulation of these platforms um, and the proliferation of of these false news stories and um, and and the 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 uh, uh, obviously like right wing propagandist narratives um, like the extremist uh, narratives that that just like proliferate through social media and and that like if we know like like we like the the holocaust the holocaust is a thing that happened right there is there is hard physical evidence of it there are people who lived through it who are still alive today uh not many at this point but like there are still people with that living memory um and yet there are videos posted on facebook every day by holocaust deniers and Facebook wants to be like, well, this is a free speech thing. And it's like, that's not free speech. Like, that's like, just, take, like, incorrect. Yeah. Yeah. Taking those I, videos down, like, they, like th those videos are harmful because it's not about presenting the, we've talked about this, right? It's like, there aren't two sides to this argument. There isn't another opinion on whether or not the Holocaust happened. The Holocaust happened. That's a fact, right? Yeah. Like to deny the Holocaust is to like propel a, an anti-semitic agenda and you put those videos out in order to rally people to your cause so that's like those are the actions of a hate group so facebook should be taking those videos down twitter should be taking those videos down twitter should be shutting off donald trump's account they should because he every third thing he posts is a flat-out lie and he has this massive megaphone through their platform where's their responsibility and so they've started putting little things on it to say like oh oh this is this is uh you know here's the actual information or whatever but that's not good enough no i'm actually realizing 
that now thinking about it, the social dilemma that probably actually was the thesis of it is yeah. regulate social media. I think they said it a couple times, but I don't know. I feel like they very purposefully were pretty tactful about not having that as yeah. like the thesis it, of the film. <laughs> but it like at its core, that was a lot of what it is. It's like you have the ability to control this stuff. If stuff was created by humans, if we put these algorithms yeah. in place, like it just all it takes a, is people to do something about it. Yeah, there's a there's a weird reaction that people have when you say that we need to regulate something and it's and 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 I think it's a it's a healthy response, but we can't listen to it too much. We can't we cuz it cuz it's fear based, right? Yeah. Where we think yeah. the government's going to regulate a thing, they're going to stop us from freedom of speech or free expression or I I uh, you know, life, liberty, and happiness, and all that stuff, right? Like, and 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 like I said, like that's a good instinct to have because it makes us question things, and we should be questioning things when the government wants to regulate stuff. We should look at it and go, "Is this correct?" Right? Mm-hmm. But the 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 place where I think a lot of people go wrong is they go, "I don't want the government telling me what to do." The government doesn't tell you what to do in 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 our society, right? In Western society, we actually dictate to the government what we want. And then they're supposed to put that into law, right? Like they're supposed to, to do the administrative part of making a bill and passing the bill and enforcing the bill, right? Like enforcing a new law. Uh, it's, it's actually the people who are supposed to determine who represents them and talk to that representative and say, Hey, this is how I feel about X issue. Please represent me in whatever, you know, whether it's a Senate or Congress or whatever, right? Whatever level of government. We've we've turned government in the Western world back into monarchies. They're 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 oligarchs, but they're but it's a monarchy. We treat the president of the United States like the king of America. We yeah. treat the 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 prime minister of Canada like they have ultimate power, like they can say what's going to happen. So when something bad happens, we go, Justin Trudeau, what are you going to do about this? And yeah. it's like, well, uh, in reality, very little, because there are all these checks and balances to make sure that he can't just do something about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> There are supposed to be. It's almost like we set up governments for ourselves to exactly work in a way that that serves us, and then we manipulate. I mean, without with anything, we yeah. I mean, but, we are but if we disengage, own. right? If we if we become combative and standoffish with the government that is supposed to be serving us, then they're going to become disengaged with us, and they're going to do whatever they feel like doing. Not to mention the fact that you have corporate interests getting in there and screwing everything up even more. So I cannot wait for the election this year. It's going to be so interesting. Yeah, it's going to either be just, a really good thing or it's going to be a bit of a bloodbath. And I think it might be a literal bloodbath in that well, in, in the most the extreme thing. sense. Here's the thing. I believe, see, this is what happens when we don't plan the podcast. We just yeah. wind up talking about politics. I'm no, sorry, it's much everybody. Better. But like, so I actually don't have faith in humanity right now. Like yeah. at this particular point in time. But I've got to... There's that part of me that's like, but maybe, but maybe enough people yeah. will care that actually will be pleasantly surprised. Like, how far do you have to push people for them to actually 
do something and yeah. and and vote and 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 get out there and it's like i don't know like it's and it but it really is a, it's kind of a thing where it's like there's just what even is the point and it'll just be yeah. this like real down capper to a terrible year can i tell you what my worry is i uh, yeah. i'm worried that we already know that Trump is elect is interfering with the elected the electoral process, right? He's already like they're dismantling the U.S. Postal Service, um, trying to stop people from being able to vote early and vote through mail-in ballots, right? Um, because he knows that if people are able to do that, that he's going to lose. So he's trying to to block that as much as he can. And that narrative has like quieted down, but it's still kind of happening. It has happened already, right? Um, and he's going to get away with that, unfortunately, uh, which means that a lot of people are going to have to physically go out to the polls on polling day. Now, it's illegal to interfere with people voting, right? It's in 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 I imagine all of the Western countries and in, in in every country with democracy that this is in place, that it's illegal to interfere with somebody to stop somebody from entering a polling place and casting their vote. Um I have no doubt that Trump supporters are going to find some way to be out and intimidating people uh, and stopping them from going to the polls. Uh, that I it, and 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 set your clock to it because I think it'll probably be in the next two weeks where he uh, uh, sounds the dog whistle and gives them the idea. Um, because his administration is definitely thinking about this of like, how do we mobilize more Kyle Rittenhouses to get out there with their AR 15s and make sure that, that the average person, not the people who are out at black lives matter protests, not the people who are, who are out and marching because a lot of those people I think are, are willing to put themselves out there, um, and in harm's way in order to, 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 make their voices heard which is awesome um unfortunately the other side of that is that there are a bunch of people with guns whether they have them legally or illegally that are willing to go out and actually use those and they've been emboldened by him recently to do that so i that's my fear is that that's what's going to happen is that is that all of a sudden in any state that has open carry you are going to see on november 3rd bright and early a bunch of guys in their uh army surplus uh cosplays walking around with semi-automatic weapons not at polling places but pretty much everywhere else um and that other people are not going to want to leave their houses and not going to go to the polling station and that's going to severely affect the outcome of the the election and then on top of that let's say that somehow the democrats do manage to to pull out a win which which i mean like i'm that's what i hope like that's i I, you can't give up on that you have to hope for it otherwise just give up now and start the revolution today i never in my life and i'm sure never in anybody's lives uh, that, that are alive today has the question of will the president leave the White House if he is removed from office, right? But he doesn't even want it. I, that's but, what I don't get. But I it doesn't like matter what pretty, he wants. It does because it's not about him. He's not even in control. He's not. It's not him. He's he's the face. Like he's a he, he is a puppet 
like it's he's not the one pulling the strings he doesn't come up with this stuff other people tell him what to say and how to act like and he does it because they say if you do this you're going to make this much more money right like they are pulling his strings so effectively he's too stupid to do this stuff on his own it's like that much is painfully obvious in the last few months um it's it's everybody else behind the scenes it's the rest of that administration it's the people that he surrounds himself with which is the one thing that you can say for him is that he does know where to like he knows what rocks to turn over to find the worst of humanity in the highest places to help him achieve his goal of ultimate power right like unlimited power so i yeah i mean like i I don't think that it will be a necessarily peaceful transition if he does lose. I think that they're like the never in my life have I seen like legitimate uh, media outlets post think pieces of what happens if right like nobody when 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 Obama was at the end of his term, nobody went like. Is he going to leave? Is he going to peacefully hand over power? Right? It was never a question. Nobody ever would have even thought to ask the question because, of course, he was. Even with George Bush, who is a monster in his own right, nobody asked the question of like, but do you think he's going to? Because he was a politician. Like, he, like, people respected him. And I will say, in hindsight, like, George Bush, like, I wouldn't have voted for him. And he did a lot of terrible things. But at the end of the day, yeah. did he, like, cause the collapse of the U.S. empire? No. Like, uh, he, I mean, uh, like, if we want to talk about who started the first domino, but, I mean, I mean it wasn't him. He didn't start the first domino. He, he no, was one of like, the dominoes. He but, was one of the dominoes. Like, he was part of a, of a much larger political cog. Like, he was a yeah. cog in a machine where in the, in the way that... that that Trump is not like like Bush was the head of something, but he but he was totally ingrained in in a larger conversation. And he, mm-hmm. in and of itself, if you're sort of talking about like I don't know, just the like the the lack there's there was something weird like the he had that conversation. Was he the one that that quoted like was talking about Putin's dog? And how yeah, Putin, I think so. Yeah, so it's like there's like things that that Trump understood how power or um not Trump. Bush. Bush understood how, like, people worked. And, and like, because yeah. you have to get, you have to understand that, like, even if you don't, there's a lot of people on the right that I just, like, disagree with fundamentally, but I can respect their opinions because I know that they're founded yeah. in something Th- that they those understand. Those sirens are on our end if you're I'm listening sorry, in yeah, the car. Something, something happened. I keep trying to turn off my mic every time. Like, the sirens keep coming past, and so I'm micing, I'm, like, muting myself, but I was in the middle of talking and I couldn't do it then. Sorry. <laughs> Good. Um, but but there's just a thing that like when you there's certain people that you're like I totally disagree with you but I understand what yeah. your argument is and I understand where it comes from. I disagree fundamentally on why you got there like how you got there. But I get I understand that you come from a place of knowledge. Yeah. And I feel like Bush was one of those people that like you could understood that he like he hit well his it was wasn't what I believe, and it wasn't what but you could understand, sort of like where he got there, or that he was what he was talking to, that he was part of a political machine or, or things like that. Whereas like Trump is just like like that's not at all like it's just this sort of like vapid. Well, like, the the, of- the mechanics of the machine are like laid bare with Trump, right? Like like yeah. he there's no facade with him. Whereas like with Bush, like he, as much as he was a a. a, a he came off as a dunce there was 
uh, there was a political veneer over the the stuff going on behind the scenes of, of dismantling of people's rights and freedoms, right? Um, like they did a very good job of making it look like it was about politics and about and about safety and security when it was really just about controlling people and taking things away from them and well, setting other stuff Well, but the thing is, when you really future, look but... back, too, Clinton did terrible things as well. Like, yeah. the thing is, there's just something about politics in the 90s that really just, like, leaves, like, this icky flavor. Oh, for sure. Anyways, well, and it, it, it and goes then... all the way back to, to to Reagan, right? Like, it's, like, that's yeah. kind of, to me, that's when it that's when or it starts. Always politics has been terrible, and we always think that we're at some it, sort of, like, chasm of change. And it really, has, but, it's the same but stuff. I, think, I think with the advent of of uh like modern media which which is really the 70s right um i think that the ability to talk to an entire nation and then the entire world and and now to drill down specifically and target i mean like they're using they're using uh uh demographic data from call of duty and the nra to target people to mobilize them right like yeah. like the the republican party knows where these people live quite literally and they're able to get under their skin and get them out there and and acting towards their end right um, oh again just go watch the social dilemma everything that we're talking about is, is it all in this like, movie this is but like yeah, but in ways that I hadn't thought about when I was watching the movie, but now all of the stuff that you're talking to me so, about, so, I'm so kind this, of like, that's the purpose of this documentary, This episode man. ends up being about the social dilemma, even yeah. though I haven't seen it yet. Exactly. Um, that's what... No, but lit like, literally, it's so yeah. tied... But also, it's just like a neat, a neat way to like, like hear people talk about technology and like what it does. Yeah. And I will say, there's always this, this element, and this is what I mean, like that, that like hope, like think that the worst is going to happen, but always hope for the best because the part that people don't talk about technology, right? Is that, and this is the, oh, I wish I, I, I should quote the actual person. That's the, but like the, the people always talk about the singularity, right? That like that, that technology is going to come like yeah. to save us or whatever it is. But the part that people don't talk about is when technology starts completely taking over our lives that we have no control over and it's not doing it for the better. And that like, that is where we are right now. Right. It's like we're not to the point where the singularity is in sight. We're we're at the part where technology has taken over, but we have let it because we have made it. And it's just like a whole it's just yeah. there's a lot of. But sorry, that wasn't actually my point. My point was there still is so many good things that can come from technology. And it's just about how we as individuals like function and and make our own world we let people yeah. like jeff bezos exist because we believe that capitalism is good and that people should make money and that corporations are going to save us from ourselves or whatever it is right and it's like at the end of the yeah. day like it's not it's that's not like we just have to make a decision that that's different and we're never we're never going to like i don't know i don't have much oh gosh I was trying to be helpful, but it just it circled back around on itself. <laughs> uh, we want to be able to order a book from our in our underpants at twelve thirty at night. I right? know. Can like, I just say how much I'm like? My dad doesn't listen to this podcast, so he won't know. But I had a present picked out for my dad for a real long time for his seventieth birthday. He's he's seventy on Tuesday, tomorrow basically. And I had a present picked out, and I was like, I really don't like this present. I think it's really underwhelming. Like, mm. am I going to get it? Am I not? Ugh, there's one day shipping. It's all good. 
I'll, I'll figure it out as I get closer. What I did not realize is that one day shipping is a Vancouver only thing. It is not going to Penticton. <laughs> so I did not get my dad a present in time for it to arrive for his birthday. And it was a thing where I was like, you let me down, Amazon. You're one thing that you're good for. <laughs> <laughs> is for me to like procrastinate my life choices. Like that's what, anyways. So then I was like really mad at myself where I'm like, I got him the same present anyways. It's fine. I'll get him skip the dishes because I can order him food to his house from my phone. Ugh, technology. We're just, we're going to kill ourselves, man. It's just. Or we're going to be totally fine because that's exactly what they said when the printing press was invented. So, yeah, yeah, it was like it was the end of the world because people were going to be able to. Anybody can get a book. What? We don't want regular people reading. That's insane. Um, So, you know, like like there's it's a same people. I think you have to have a healthy dose of skepticism and 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 optimism. yeah, maybe you just have to like approach the world as if it's, you know, optimism full of not being the individual. Op- optimism not being the same thing as positivity. I'm I'm gonna say this is from Simon Sinek, and uh, like I'm just stealing it directly from him, where he says like positivity is walking around while the sky is on fire like it is right now and saying everything's fine. It's the meme, right? The like the, 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 the yeah, dog this, sitting in the fire. Is this is fine. Um, that's positivity. Positivity sucks. I hate positivity. Uh, optimism is a good thing. Optimism is, yes, the sky is on fire right now, but it will get better. <laughs> and yeah. maybe that better is humanity, I, I, you know, destabilizing and society falling apart. And then the at least the environment will go back to equilibrium, right? Um, and and you know, uh, I, I I have faith that that human beings will exist long after our society collapses, but um the 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 hope for a utopian uh uh mass effect oh. 3 or mass effect world like where we have like shining citadels of of white and cities that cover the planet it's, i don't think that's going to happen but uh, uh it would be nice it sure would be nice but but i don't think i don't think we're going to get there we can't agree on anything as a species. Yeah. Um, so the idea that we could all live in like one unified design scheme city is just, it's the thing that, it's the Can thing I... that sci-fi always gets oh. so wrong. So and, wrong. Okay. So I haven't really read the Bible, but. The... <laughs> this is always a good way to start a thought. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> but, I'm completely but... ignorant to this, but let me talk about it for a second. No, the continue. Tower... The Tower of Babel. Yeah. Or Babel, right? Yeah. Um, there's something to that. Like, the idea that, like, language is so fundamental to how we understand ourselves in the world. Mm-hmm. And, like, the relationships. Like, what you're talking about, like, just design aesthetics, right? Where there's so much that's just based in how we communicate with each other yeah. and with our surroundings that's fundamentally built into how our brains work based on the language that we speak. Because, and, like, I don't know, you've probably seen this, you know, in in some of the the greatest memes currently, like, uh, someone asked me how I'm preparing for the fall, and it took me a minute to realize that they meant autumn instead of the fall of mankind. <laughs> and I just think that that's, like, a great meme right now. But, um, like, that someone was saying that they were taking, like, the difference between them learning their Japanese, like, learning Japanese and learning Hebrew, and just the fundamental differences of, like, how the way the language is yeah. used is yeah. like integral to 
personal relationships and communication and what you value and yeah. how you value each other the, and how yeah. you value the world. This like, is where the, this, the, let's wrap it up on this thought because I think this gets to the core of what we've been talking about. We because it goes all the way back to my thing with the with the Raylo stuff. We're using social media, we're using the internet, we're using technology completely wrong in the opposite way that we should be using it. Because the world is a better place when we step outside of our comfort zones, we experience new things, and we try and understand how other people perceive the world, right? Mm. Um, And people in metropolitan cities like us in Vancouver, like people in Los Angeles and in New York and London and in tokyo right like like the the idea of coastal elites and and you know liberalism like these that we, being ba- that bastions we of liberalism count ourselves in because we are in vancouver and we like to yeah. consider yeah. vancouver a coastal elite city yeah anyways <laughs> i i that those perspectives don't come from us be thinking that we're better than everybody else it literally comes from like these different cities being metropolitan cities that most of the time they're they're uh, uh, ports and hubs of people coming in and out from different countries yeah and so the exchange of ideas is on a different scale than it is in say penticton where people it's very homogenous everybody Mm -hmm. is very similar right um and and in the midwest and 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 in the south and and all that sort of thing right so it when we have access to anyone in the world and we choose to only communicate with people who think and like the things that we do, right? Like in the, in the same way and like, and we create these homogenous tribes online and the echo chambers of like everybody just agreeing with you and, and, um, and everybody radicalizing each other on certain subjects, um, ranging from whether or not two fictional characters should kiss or uh, whether or not the Holocaust happened. Right. Like it's it's either ridiculous or very scary, um, but it's all the same thing. Like if if a lot of those Holocaust deniers talked to a person who lived through the Holocaust, they might change the way that they think they might. But they're not going to because they don't have to because they are able to create these insular networks online. So it's I don't know how to solve that problem. That's the problem, though. Like, I can tell you what the problem is. I don't know what the solution is other than I can tell you for myself being cognizant when I am in my echo chamber, being cognizant of when that's influencing my decisions and the choices that I'm making in my life. And then also making the decision to step outside of that and you can start small with easy stuff open up skip the dishes or doordash or uber eats or whatever pick a restaurant you've never eaten at and a cuisine that you've never had in your life start there because i firmly believe that if if you enjoy the food from a culture that is a really great starting point to beginning to understand that culture because you'll actually start to ask some questions of like huh why is this different what's i like these spices are so many that's so great i haven't thought of that before but where it's like in the opposite way where it was like i my my way into korean was through like media yeah and then i was like well i'll try some of this food because it's so important to like how you relate like even just the simple act of like instant noodles being like how you take your instant noodles where you buy your instant right if you're intimidated by food like i am because i have a lot of anxiety around food i'm a very picky eater start with sweets 
start with the good stuff. Start yeah. with something deep fried that has meat in it, right? Like every every culture as a, as a meat. as a picky eater, I can tell you for a fact every culture on the planet has rice with meat and some sort of totally innocuous vegetable in it. Okay? Every single one, but they all do it differently. Okay? Everybody does it just a little bit different because of the different spices and the different cultural influences. It's a really great starting place if you are intimidated by that. But like that will open you up to new ideas and to new cultures. And it's a uh, to me, it's a really great way to step into it that's that's um, that's quick and easy and, and doesn't involve a lot. Um, but it can be intimidating because you open up a menu and you read things and you're like, I don't know what any of this means. But just like just be adventurous don't it's we're all stuck in our houses right now or at least we should be there's too many people out on the street that nobody's wearing a mask that's a problem we'll talk about that next week we're all stuck in our houses right now that's why i say doordash uber eats skip the dishes whatever you've got whatever app you have access to just like just experience something different this week and uh and then hit us up on twitter at thunderquack pod and let us know what you got yeah, but also, like, you can order directly from restaurants as well. Like, if you're kind of like, hey, I've heard of this together. kind of food. Maybe my yeah. maybe my city has food that's of yeah. this genre. And you can, like, Google it and just order from them directly. And yeah. they will probably bring it to you. It's, it's actually really good when you have a, 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 a guide to it. And I have several friends who've been really awesome and helped me find things within I, I, other other uh, cultural cuisines that fit my very weird uh, uh, Have you ever eaten at Salmon and Bannock? That's one of my no. things that's on my like list right now for like... Um, like to, and I think I'm pretty sure it's yeah. on one of the, one of the like uh, border things, but it's... I don't know. There's like different things that you. Anyways, I'm excited to. Cool. I'm excited well, to, to explore this. What a great task for us, Mike. Yeah, there you go. Like ways to there's... make the world suck a little less. What are things that you can do yourself from home yeah. and make you feel better? And I think that eating is always one of them. I personally, bad day yesterday, I went and bought a cheesecake <laughs> and I have eaten half of it. <laughs> there you it go. It's made me feel better. And that's the so, thing is that food food is often a thing that just, helps. Yeah. It just and helps. And you can just you can just lean into it. Like when the world is literally burning around you, do something that can make you feel yeah. a little bit better about life and that could be eating something that you wouldn't have eaten previously and it makes you feel like you're connecting with the world a little yeah, bit. Yeah, cuz if you've never had shawarma, I oh. uh, what are you doing? Oh man? my god, you're missing what out. What are you doing? Oh my god. I just you I gotta, will say you gotta. living in Europe for I lived for my exchange. I just there's just something about really good shawarma being accessible on every block. Like I was in yeah, Belgium. Yeah, yeah. You don't necessarily think of shawarma like <laughs> Belgium. As, yeah. In Belgium. But it like they had the best shawarma restaurants and it just Ugh. So get out there. That's my recommendation. I had shawarma for dinner last night. So nice. I cool. I the one last thing that I want to talk about before before we wrap up, wrap up. I, I some of my friends online, some of my friends in in the Star Wars community are doing a uh, they're doing a fundraiser right now. Um, I for those who who get access to the uncut version you're going to hear us talk about Gina Carano and the ridiculousness of the last couple of weeks. Um, but I, uh, in response to that, 
um, some of my friends have, have put together this fundraiser, uh, for, uh, I'm trying to bring it up. Um, I, for trans rights, I, I, and, uh, let's see, I give you guys the URL it's on GoFundMe. Um, and it is at, man, it is so annoying. Cause I'm going to through it on Twitter. So I got to get it. I got to open it in Safari. How do I open this link in Safari? Come on, open it. There we go. Um, it's different in every app. It drives me nuts. I, uh, if you go to gofundme.com slash F slash trans dash rights, you'll get to this fundraiser. Um, and it's, I, I, uh, it's a the Star Wars community uh, raising uh, money for the transgender law center um, because because uh, because trans rights are human rights. And, what is it? Uh, GoFundMe.com slash f slash trans dash rights dash rights. That's what yeah. I got wrong. Um, cool. Yeah, There's and people so on the internet doing good things. They are. Uh, they're almost at eighty five hundred dollars. Uh, it started with the goal of a thousand dollars and it's very quickly exceeded that, uh, just over 24 hours. It's amazing. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll call out the specific people. Um, uh, if you give me one second, uh, the, the geeky waffle is one of the podcasts that's, that's been, uh, promoting this as well as, uh, uh, Maggie of the town at Maggie of the town, uh, who's a, a, a big person in the star Wars community on Twitter. Um, and they're kind of championing this and, uh, it's awesome. It's, it's just been awesome to see cause there's a lot of negativity around this controversy with Gina Carano and the stuff that she's been saying. Um, oh, this is, you posted that cute little baby Yoda. I do just yeah. want to say, if you type that in that URL, you do not where you get where you need to be. Cause it's trans dash rights, dash R dash human dash rights, dash this, it dash is dash the dash way. Oh, does so, it go all the uh, way? Just, okay. Yeah. Just Google, uh, Go, go find me. me. Yeah. Trans rights. <laughs> it's the first thing that comes up. Okay, cool. So, um, yeah. Also, just go to my Twitter because it's because it's all oh, over yeah, my Twitter. Right. And I'll actually I'll I'll pin a post about it on the the Thunderquack Twitter um, at Thunderquack Pod. Nice. Uh, <gasps> oh, they're only thirty dollars away from reaching their goal. Uh, of eighty five hundred, yeah, but but like, like let's get it to ten thousand. Yeah, come on. Uh, yeah, so easy. So, by the time you're talking about this, they will like need to get. They to their will 10, definitely goal. be yeah. almost at nine thousand by the time that yeah. people are re- are hearing this. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to shout that out because uh, it's awesome. Uh, you know how far it's gone already, but I think that it can go even farther, and uh, and it's it's a good cause, and uh, and a and a great moment. Uh, for for the Star Wars Twitter community, which was very negative over the last week and kind of a bummer, and I went into the weekend really bummed out about a lot of it. Um, but then today has just been awesome. So well, that's good. Twitter gives you many interesting things, yeah. and I'm surprised we haven't talked about Chris Evans's gift to the universe <laughs> over the weekend either. Do but, not you know. go searching for that. <laughs> just let the man make his mistake and go yeah. about his life um but i guess it's already out there i i yeah i poor chris evans uh he didn't do anything necessarily wrong he just made a little bit of a boo-boo i i get it cut, but I cut love him chris some right they're just human they're just like us yeah, they're just like us <laughs> they can i tweet, tweet yeah. uh nsf wait n nsfw yeah. nsfw work yeah. nsfw work photos Amanda needs to go to sleep now. Oh, I'm uh, so tired and I'm so So it's time to go. Uh, to go. thanks everybody for listening. 
We'll be back next week. Stay safe, everybody. Wash your hands and be kind to one another. Follow the Thunderquack Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by searching the Thunderquack Podcast. You can support us in three ways. First, by heading to the podcast service of your choice and leaving a rating and review. Second, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch from your favorite podcasts. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support and get cool rewards like early access, ad-free episodes, and extended episodes. The Thunderquack Podcast is the official podcast of thunderquack.com. Head to thunderquack.com to discover more great podcasts.